Hey, what's up? This is Caleb Grimes, minister of the Ina Road Church of Christ. Welcome to episode two of Refuel, Rethink, Refocus. A golfer hit his ball directly onto an anthill. So he goes to address the ball. He swings, he misses, and thousands of ants and sand and dirt just go flying everywhere. He readdresses the ball, swings, misses again, and thousands of ants go flying again into the air. So he readdresses the ball a third time. The ants are now in a state of panic, frantically running in all directions, not knowing what to do. So one ant says, listen up, if you want to live, get on that ball. Today, we're going to talk about leadership. Now you might be thinking to yourself, hey, I'm no leader, and so I guess this episode just isn't gonna apply to me, right? Wrong, my friend. You are a leader. If you're a parent, you're a leader of your kids. If you're an older sibling, your younger siblings look up to you. I remember being in fourth grade and looking up to the fifth graders. And you know what? I still look up to a lot of them because I'm so short. The question isn't whether you're a leader or not. You are a leader. The question is, what kind of leader are you? And today we'll look at three ways to be an inspiring leader. So what is a leader? Mark Yarnell said, quote, a leader is someone who demonstrates what's possible, end quote. Timothy was a young man who might have thought, I can't be a leader because I'm young. But Paul tells him, do not let anyone look down on you because you are young. Instead, set an example for people to follow. It's as if Paul said, you're young, yes, but you can still be a leader. You're an example. Demonstrate what is possible. And every single one of us who follow Christ are to be examples. We are to be people worth following. So what kind of leader do you want to be? Because that's your choice. In Genesis chapter 50 and verse 3, Israel dies and the scripture says that after he dies, the Egyptians mourned for him 70 days. He lived in such a way that when he dies, the Egyptians mourn for him 70 days. That's the kind of leader he was. Now, what kind of leader do you want to be? Will you be one that when you pass away, people mourn for you? They really miss you because of how you serve them, how you love them, how you care for them? Or will they sing, It's your choice. How do you want to lead? Today's episode is called How to Be an Inspiring Leader. I want to be an inspiring leader for my household, and I believe there's listeners listening right now who want to be inspiring leaders in your life. Think back to your favorite teachers in school, your favorite coaches. What did they have in common? They inspired you. Your favorite teachers, your favorite role models, they inspire. We all know what it's like to have life beat you down. When life beats you down, you start looking down. You start looking inward and you can get stuck. And it's the inspiring leaders that come alongside us and say, hey, look in this other direction. It's not so bad. You can move through this. I'm here with you. I'm here to help you. Inspiration is a gift that we can give other people. Have you noticed when Jesus invited people to follow him, 
People were willing to give up everything to follow him. Their careers, their old life, they get up and they follow Jesus. And when God came in the flesh, he could have chose to adopt any number of leadership styles, but he chose an inspirational leadership style. He could have said, follow me or else. He could have used a fear tactic leadership style, but instead he says, follow me. And it's up to the individual if they want to. He leads by example. He says, follow me. It's going to be dangerous, but I'm going to lead the way. You're not going to go by yourself. That's the kind of leader he was. He wouldn't say, hey, it's really scary out there, guys. So um, I'm going to send you to go fight my battles. I'm just going to stay here. No, he says, follow me. I'll go in first. So how can we be inspiring leaders? We're going to look at a short text in the Bible that gives us three ways to be an inspiring leader. Here it is. It's 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 12 and 13. Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord, and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard in love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. This is our main text. And what we get right off the bat is inspiring leaders work hard. It's difficult to keep faking hard work when you look over and you see someone putting in all of their heart. We get inspired by that. It only takes one person to pour their whole heart into serving the Lord and other people start catching fire in a good way. In figure skating, especially the couples figure skating, They make their work look effortless, but it takes a whole lot of hard work to get good at figure skating. Hard work, lots of sweat, lots of spandex, lots of practice. You can't just wake up one day and say, I think I'll do that. I'll strap on some sharp blades to my feet, step onto ice, and twirl my partner with one hand. What did Jesus say about hard work? He says, if someone forces you to go one mile, Go with him too. He tells us to go the extra mile. Why? Because that is what inspirational leaders do. They go the extra mile and they encourage others to go the extra mile. Think about all the times you've uh, been impressed by a hotel or a restaurant. It's because they went the extra mile. They didn't have to, but they went beyond your expectations. And when they did, you said, I'm coming back to this place. I'm telling other people about this. I like the way they served. They went the extra mile. So Jesus wants us to be inspiring leaders. And in order to do that, we have to go the extra mile. Now, that doesn't always mean sweat. Sometimes working really hard doesn't involve sweat at all. What it involves is a lot of patience. A couple years ago, I had a meeting with a church member named Nancy. I found out she was an artist and I said, I'd like to see your artwork. So Nancy brings all her artwork nicely packed and we were supposed to meet at 10 a.m. Well, it's 10 o'clock and I'm not there. I don't show up until 11. Did she have the right to chew me out? Absolutely. But did she? No. I felt so bad on my way there. I'm like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, I can't believe I forgot it was today. And so I'm trying to get there as fast as I can. So I get there, it's 11 o'clock. She pulls out all her artwork from her trunk. It's been carefully packaged to protect it. And now she's unpacking it and unwrapping it so that I can see it. We stand in my office for two to three hours talking about art and about life. And the whole time, she never rebuked me, 
never, never gave any kind of, you know, bad tone against me. She worked hard at her patients. And then when we were all done, she packed it all up in her car. She left and she never complained about it ever since. Do you think I hold Nancy in high regard? I hold Nancy in really high regard because she showed me patience. She showed me grace. She showed me mercy. She went above and beyond my expectations. What people would normally say is, I waited in the parking lot an hour, buddy. That's what normal people would do. But she showed me compassion. She went the extra mile. And because of that, I've been inspired by her. So how can we be inspiring leaders? Number one, we work hard. For number two, we got to go back to the main text, which says, Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord, and who admonish you. So after the Bible instructs us to acknowledge those who work hard among you, it says, who care for you in the Lord. So here's the second thing. If we truly want to be inspiring leaders, we need to truly care for the people we lead. Really care for them. You've probably heard the saying, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Sheep get startled very easily. Sometimes the Bible refers to people as sheep because we startle so easily. And when we are startled so easily, we need shepherds who have a lot of faith. Shepherds who, when they see the flock panicking and saying, oh no, the sky is falling, the sky is falling, where's Jesus, what's going on? Those shepherds say, it's okay, Jesus hasn't left his throne, he's still reigning, he's still in control, he's still here. But here's the thing, when people are in a state of panic, saying the sky is falling, everything's falling apart, when they look to leaders who are full of faith, sometimes the leaders can appear as though they don't care. And the panicked person thinks, here I am panicking, and they're not seeming to panic. So maybe they don't care. One time Jesus was on a boat in a deep sleep during a storm. The disciples of Jesus became panicked. We're gonna die. So they wake up Jesus, and first thing they say to him is, don't you care? We're going to drown. Talk about going the extra mile. Jesus came from heaven to earth. He didn't have to leave the comfort of heaven, but he did. He traveled all that distance to save us. And they say, don't you care? So sometimes leaders can look like they don't care when in reality, they are full of faith and they do care. So inspiring leaders work hard, number one. And number two, they truly care for who they are leading. And our main text goes on to say, Acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord, and who admonish you. Admonishment is number three. Admonishment means to give instruction and correction. Admonishment is often a thankless duty because we don't like being corrected. But inspiring leaders will correct and help us because they're concerned with who we're becoming. They're concerned with our growth in Christ, becoming like him. And so they will lovingly correct and say, try this, or Here, here's a different approach you could try. Our main text was originally written to the Thessalonian Christians who needed admonishment because some of them got the idea that Jesus had already come. And so they were saying things like, if Jesus already came back from heaven and he took some people, but he left us behind, what's the point of us living for Jesus? And so they needed admonishment. They needed correction because they weren't living right. And then there were others who said, well, Jesus is going to come like next week. So 
Why go to work? Why work hard? Can I just sleep on your couch, eat your food, borrow your Wi-Fi? So some of them were slacking off and becoming lazy because they thought Jesus would be back in just a week. So they needed admonishment. They needed some correction. The Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 28 and verse 23, whoever rebukes a person will in the end gain favor rather than the one who has a flattering tongue. The key words are in the end because when we are being admonished, we tend to not appreciate the person correcting us. But if what the person is saying is true and we really need it and we soak it in and we receive it and we make some changes and then we start to reap the benefits of those changes, we look back at the person who corrected us, who admonished us and we say, thank you. You loved me enough to go out of your comfort zone to correct me. Because correcting people isn't fun for both parties, but this is what inspiring leaders do. When they see someone who needs some adjusting, some correcting, some help, they come alongside them and out of love, they give admonishment to them. And later on, those are the people we admire and say, thank you so much for helping us. Let's hear our main text one last time. Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard in love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. October is Pastor Appreciation Month. I want to encourage you to encourage your leaders, your pastors. Let them know how much they mean to you. This is one way to hold them in the highest regard in love because of their work. Now, before we wrap this episode up, there may be someone listening who is discouraged. Maybe you're thinking, I can never be an inspiring leader. I don't have what it takes. Here's an encouraging story. Some tourists went to this remote village and on their way in, they asked a local elderly man, were any great well-known leaders born in this village? And the old man says, no, only babies. This is so encouraging because all the great inspiring leaders you admire weren't born that way. They were born as babies. They weren't born instant inspiring leaders. It took time, growth, hard work, making mistakes, and maturing from them. If you're listening and thinking, well, it's too late to become a leader. I'm 75 years old. God called Abraham when he was 75 years old, and Abraham became a great leader of faith. You can become an inspiring leader too. Let me give you one more word of encouragement. It's from the Gospel of John, chapter 5, verses 16 and 17. So, because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jewish leaders began to persecute him. In his defense, Jesus said to them, My father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. So here's Jesus. He works harder than anyone else, and yet he still has enemies. The reason this is comforting and so important is sometimes we can think, once we become inspiring leaders, that we're not going to have enemies. That is not true. When you become an inspiring leader, you will still have your fair share of enemies. If it happened to our Lord, the greatest leader of all time, it will happen to us. And we just have to be okay with that. What makes Jesus the greatest leader of all time is that while he was being persecuted and put on that cross by his enemies, he in return loved his enemies to the death. He in return worked harder for them than they'll ever know. He is the true inspiring leader because he truly cares and he admonishes us when we need it. And when he admonishes us, it's always from a heart of love. Okay, so in today's episode, we talked about 
how to be an inspiring leader, we looked at three things inspiring leaders do. Number one, they work hard. Number two, they truly care. Number three, they admonish people. And we learned we can all become inspiring leaders as we learn from the greatest leader of all time, and that's Jesus. Thank you so much for listening to Refuel, Rethink, Refocus. The Bible reading was from the NIV Audio Bible, narrated by Max McLean. If you want to share this episode or look at the show notes, just visit calebgrimes.com. That's C-A-L-E-B-G-R-I-M-E-S.com. I'll see you in the next episode. Have a blessed week. 